Hello, welcome to AFCast. I'm your host, Malcolm, and today I'm going to be talking about the new game, Days Gone. Um, so I'm going to be first talking about the story, and then I'm going to get into the gameplay, and then obviously I'm going to finish off with the summary. Alright, so to start us off with the story, uh, I'm going to get into a little bit of just like kind of the basics of it. Um, so you're playing as the character Deacon St. John, um, and it's it's based in a post-apocalyptic world, uh, and... There's actually one really cool thing I want to mention as well. There's actually a counter of how many days gone. So, like, you start off about two and a half years after, like, the apocalypse happened. Um, or maybe the apocalypse is still happening. I don't really know what they consider it exactly. Um, but essentially, the apocalypse is a zombie apocalypse. And what they call them is freakers. Um, and I'll be obviously talking more about them in the gameplay uh, situation of this. Uh, and then besides the freakers, there's also just kind of like uh, camps throughout the game um, that like people have gathered at and are working at and are trying to survive at. Uh, and then there's also like uh, like drifters and marauders and all of them uh, people just going about. Plus there's like cults and just enemy factions that uh, will also be in the area that you'll be fighting. Uh, and it starts off slow because uh, you're kind of doing like chores and whatnot, um, but it does start to pick up. It does take uh, a couple hours, and I actually find this strategy to be smart and realistic, um, but at the same time, I almost lost interest before I even got into the good parts of the game. So I will say that if you are planning on playing this game, that you do have to give it a couple of hours uh, and just give it like five hours total maybe and if you're still if it's still not hooking your attention then it's probably just not going to hook your attention i i like to stick with that like five hour rule where where i'll play a game for five hours and if i still don't appreciate it then i drop it and one thing that is annoying is that a lot of it is kind of like annoying with the back and forth from like because basically what it does is at the beginning it's trying to teach you stuff trying to get the game going and whatnot. So it keeps going back and forth between cutscene and gameplay. Um, and it, this is only really at the beginning and throughout some other missions where it's kind of more needed. Uh, but it's still it's still really annoying. I wish they kind of just kept it a uh, like a cutscene rather than having you play for just like 30 more seconds. Um, but some of it, I feel like it's good that they put you in that gameplay sense. Uh, but that's that's also just me. But it, it's, it is frustrating sometimes um there is also a another organization called narrow uh which i'm pretty sure stands for the national emergency response organization i'm not 100 percent correct uh not correct sure about that i might be 100 percent correct on that um but essentially uh they are also in the game they're essentially the feds uh they have like researchers and they have uh just i guess um an army sort of they basically just have people with kevlar and big guns that's <laughs> that's really it um and they're basically actually they're not basically invincible they are invincible uh so don't try to attack them so at the beginning as well uh and s somewhat throughout the rest of the campaign just like the cutscene thing um there are a lot of strange comments that your character makes but at the same time that's kind of starting to i guess I don't know. I feel like there's more of just communication to the player, uh, but it is kind of annoying because it's kind of funny though at the same time because he'll go like, 
Because it's a lot longer than most games where they're like, yeah, okay, I get it, or something like that. But no, in this, he's like, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, I, I see, I see. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just keeps going on. It's like, I don't, I don't know. It seems like too much in this game, but it is kind of funny with how much he, he does it. But it does kind of die down a little bit. Uh, and so just to kind of summarize that really quickly is the first one to two hours is rough, at least from what I played. Um, but it does pick up a lot and it gets very deep and emotional, actually. Uh, but one thing I do like is that it still keeps that feel of you're in a post-apocalyptic world and you need to watch your back and others' backs. Um, and yeah, it's it gets it gets to be a pretty deep game. Um, and I'm pretty sure this is the only game that has made me like legitimately feel like really bad or sad or mad or even like anything like that on like this many times like it's been so many times where i've just been like oh <laughs> or i felt like sad or just angry at something that happened um it really it really hooks you in it really makes you feel like you're you're connecting with deacon the main character's um emotions and i find that to be what makes it really good for me at least uh, and then also a lot of the mechanics are good, so we're actually going to jump into the gameplay. Um, so kind of a few general things is obviously the game is beautiful. Uh, the soundtrack is amazing. There's a couple moments where you're just riding your bike as a part of the campaign, um, either with someone or maybe by yourself heading to a new area or something like that. Um, and you'll just, there'll be music in the background. It's usually slow and peaceful, and it just sounds amazing. And then um the soundtrack for like when you're in combat and whatnot is also it's like suspenseful I, it's it's really well done and then obviously going back to the game is beautiful the the whole area is like mountainous forests um desert-ish areas um and it's got mountains just that touch the, it's really it's really amazing but um but yeah so there are also, uh, so besides that stuff, there are also skills in the game that you'll eventually get skill points for as you go on throughout, um, and the skill points are gained throughout XP. So you don't have any levels in this game, but you do have a skill level, which is essentially just how many points you've gotten. So if you've gotten like 21 points so far or something like that, then your skill level is 21, uh, is 21. Um, and you use these points in three different categories uh, that all just they, they really enhance the gameplay and it really makes you feel like you're actually like i guess because i feel like a lot of games they make upgrade trees where it seems almost pointless as to why you're upgrading your character because it doesn't feel like you, it changes anything um but this game as you discover new of new freakers and whatnot because there are multiple kinds um it, these actually help because then you're able to pick which skills you need out of these three categories um, and get those skills uh, or get the skill points by the skills and use them to your advantage of how your gameplay, uh, how it would fit your gameplay essentially. Uh, whereas I feel like a lot of games, they kind of try to make it more general, like it fits anyone's gameplay, but that's usually a lot harder and it usually ends up being pointless because um, it doesn't necessarily boost one uh, strategy or another whereas this one does it's just that it gives you more leeway on 
like how you can handle a situation. Um, so, so, so this is kind of like weapons, um, like survival, uh, and like focus and stuff like that. Uh, those are like kind of the different skill branches. And so, and then there's also like a lot of sub branches that they don't say in the skills, but it's, it's really based off of your strategy. And I find that, I found that really good because I've been able to orient my me buying my skills to my strategy rather than kind of just like, oh, okay, this there's this that I need to get um, for no reason. But I mean, I have a point. Like, it doesn't feel like I I really need to think hard on it. Whereas other games, kind of like the Shadow of the Tomb Raider, that skill tree was really useless to me. It didn't really help at all. It it's kind of it was kind of lacking, um, but yeah, enough rants about the skills. Anyway, <laughs> on to the next thing, which is transportation. So your main source of transportation is actually a motorcycle, um, and your motorcycle you do actually have to take care of. You have to fix it when it gets damaged, and you have to refuel it, um, and you can even upgrade it so that it can take more damage, and then it can also carry more gas. Uh, and you will find gas canisters around the map. And then there's also gas stations that you can use uh, to fill up your bike. Uh, and then you'll also be able to find scraps in order to fix your bike when it's broken. And uh, it's you can fast travel with this, but it does use fuel from your motorcycle. Um, and so that's also pretty helpful. Um, but yeah, so even like... And if you get your bike stranded at all, like if you're... If you're either really far away from your bike and you just don't feel like going to get it, or if you somehow manage to sink it in the middle of a lake, you can go to someone at a workshop and actually buy, like you can actually like pay the engineers or mechanics or whatever you want to call them, and they'll actually retrieve your bike for you. So that's also pretty helpful if if you're far away from your bike, but there's a camp closer to you and you just want to go to that. So now to get into combat. Um, so I'm first going to start off with the fact that there's a stealth option because I personally really like the stealth option. And then there's obviously skills that allow you to enhance this stealth option. Um, and this is a lot of like uh, one kills and like you can hide in bushes and stuff like that. It's it's really good stealth system. It's It's basic, but they've managed to set up a layout in a way where it does make sense. Um, though there are a couple scenarios where I've managed to kill a lot of people stealthily, but the game, but like I guess the developers or something didn't think that anyone could do that maybe in that scenario, and so they they have it so all of a sudden you have these people like ride in on bikes shooting at you, and it's like how did you even know I was here? I've been stealth the whole time. Um, but yeah, that's that's just. That's just a weird part. There's only been like two missions out of like all, and they're both like side, small side missions, that type of thing. So it's not like the campaign or anything um, too extreme. Because um, a lot of the time they won't do that. They'll just have it so that way. Maybe reinforcements will come in, but they won't necessarily know where you are. Uh, but anyway, so there's also obviously weapons uh, in the game, and there are. Uh, weapon vendors at camps as well that you can buy new weapons from you can also buy ammunition uh, like suppressors extended mags uh, just anything like that Uh, so you can have a primary weapon which are like your ars and smgs and whatnot 
and it's basically any like smaller caliber like rifles. And then you've also got, well, I mean, besides shotguns, shotguns obviously are a little different. Um, but then you've also got your secondary weapons, which are kind of like your your uh, super shorties, so like your short shotguns uh, that have been sawed off, uh, or even mostly pistols. Uh, and then you've also got your special weapons, which are the high caliber stuff like LMGs and snipers, uh, which it's a lot harder to find ammo for those, obviously. Um, and there's actually five different conditions with each one getting better as it goes up. You obviously start with it being like scrap and just a stupid non high damage piece of crap uh <laughs> and then as you work up obviously you can get to basically military condition weapons but those are are pretty rare to get there's only i would say there's like three or four weapons total at least that i found um that are at that state five condition and you can only get them from vendors uh and there are actually like vaults located around the map and every time that you buy a weapon uh, that weapon actually goes to that vault and so anytime that you visit a vault anywhere around the map which is in any safe location uh, you are able to take any weapon that you've bought uh, and put it in your inventory and then you can also pay from ammunition from those gun lockers as well you can't do it from your uh, from your inventory but even if you're away from a camp uh, you're still able to use money um, in order to buy more ammunition for whatever weapon, as long as you're at that uh, weapon locker or vault thing, whatever. Um, but yeah. So then besides just weapons, there are other gear. Uh, and this is like distractions. So you got like rocks that you can throw. You got smokes. You got noise machines for the freakers or the zombies. Um, and then you've also got like your throwables. Like this is like Molotovs or pipe bombs. Uh, and then you've also got your placeables, which are like bear traps that you can find. And beware, because enemies will set out the bear traps, and they can damage your bike. Actually, they, no, they will damage your bike a lot. Um, and then you will also get stuck in them, and it will start dealing damage until you you're able to pull it off of you. Um, but you are able to pick them up and set them in other places uh, in order to actually get someone else to walk into them. But those are only if you find them. There are other things that you can craft, uh, which is like proximity mines or uh, remote explosives that you can place. But those are those are pretty far into the campaign, so don't expect to get those uh, soon. Uh, then you've also got your med kits, uh, and these are obviously just healing items that you can use. Uh, and in that same category, you can get cocktails, uh, and there's three different cocktails. Um, but each one gets like further and further into the campaign. You start off with being able to get a stamina uh, cocktail, which basically allows allows you to get more stamina in the game, which is kind of like running or dodging, because um, you can roll out of the way of melee attacks uh, and that type of thing. Um, and even reloading uses your stamina. And then there's also like um, a health cocktail that you can use, obviously boost your health. Um, and you'll slowly like gain health over time instead of having to use a med kit. And then you've also got a focus one. And focus is essentially an ability that allows you to like obviously focus. And time slows around you. Um, and you're able to find stuff out. Which is kind of also mixed with survival vision. Um, where you'll be able to track stuff down essentially. Um, by using your survival vision. It'll also show you areas 
and not areas, but like things that are around you. And there's even an upgrade that allows you to see people or enemies in general um, that are around you through like walls and whatnot. Uh, and like you can obviously boost the range of it, how long items will stay shown on your visibility, uh, that type of thing. And then you've also got your most basic but useful thing in this game, which is your boot knife. Um, and this is obviously a melee weapon. It's not powerful, but it doesn't break ever. And then you can obviously use it to Jiminy open doors. Um, and then, and yeah, there's so many uses for it. Like, uh, you can also, like, I don't really know what the word is. I don't know why I can't think of it. But, like, I don't want to say peel an animal because that is not the right word. <laughs> but, um, like, essentially get the meat out of an animal. I cannot remember what that verb is. Um, but anyway... Uh, there's also heavy melee weapons, which eventually you can craft them, but at first you can only find them, uh, and all of them will break over time as you use them. Some of them have more durability, some of them have more damage, um, and it just it just all depends on what you like. If you want the lower damaged one that has just a crap ton of durability, or you can get, uh, which that's like a wooden plank or baseball bat or something, or you can get like an axe which just does like a crap ton of damage, but it breaks really easily. Um, so yeah, I kind of think that they should make them last a little bit more because I don't think every single smackable objects, like smack people over the head objects in this game would break that easily. Like I bet you in the post-apocalyptic world, if you found a two by four plank somewhere, it's not gonna break as easily as it does in this game. Same thing with like a fire ax or something like that. It might get stuck easier like, in people, which is sounds messed up as I'm saying it, but <laughs> it's true. Um, and I kind of wish these either lasted a lot longer. Uh, you can fix them up with scraps, um, but that is really expensive to do, and I wouldn't really recommend it. Um, but, yeah, I feel like that's kind of... I understand why they do it, because otherwise it'd be... I feel like it'd be a little bit unbalanced in combat, um, but I also feel like it's really unrealistic as to them breaking insanely quickly. And yes, I do realize this is a zombie game, and so therefore the entire thing's unrealistic, but that's not what we're here to talk about. So, <laughs> um, and then there's obviously the Freakers, which are the zombies, as I mentioned a few times now. Um, they're mainly attracted to noise, just like any other zombie in any other zombie video game, movie, etc. Um, and there's actually car alarms that will go off, and then in some areas when you activate power, uh, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, there are megaphones that if you don't cut them off before the power goes on, then they will all of a sudden be having like announcements and whatnot, and then everything will get attracted to it. And that is not fun. So especially with hordes in the game, which are essentially more or less 100 freakers in one area. Some of them are probably about 200 of them, um, but most of them go around the range of about a hundred of them. I also could be way off and by way off I mean that there would be more than what I'm saying <laughs> Like there's no way that there's less than a hundred freakers Maybe there's like one horde in the game that has less than that, but I doubt it um, Hordes aren't very common. There's about an eight each region and there's I don't want to say how many regions there are because it's kind of a, an exploratory game I don't want to ruin it for anyone, um, but there are a bunch of there are a bunch of regions. So, I mean, yeah, there's there are a lot of hordes. It's just that 
they're not hard to escape from, but they are hard as hell to fight. Um, and it's like a kick you to the curb and just keep kicking, really, <laughs> type of situation that you can get in, get yourself into. Because you will die instantly if if they at all block you from going anywhere, then you're done for. Because those guys will just keep running after you until they can't hear or see you anymore. Um, but they will set up nests. Um, and they will actually live in these nests during the daytime because they hate the day. Um, but they'll come out during like the cold or while it's raining or it's cloudy. Um, so a lot of the time they're actually out there. Um, but so some of these can be big or small. There are, uh, in like infestation zones. Um, and these will have a bunch of smaller ones scattered about in one area, but there's also some bigger ones that aren't necessarily marked, but that's where the hordes go. They go into like caves um, or just giant buildings that are in the area, and then they'll come out during the night. Um, but during the day, that's usually where they like to go. Um, sometimes you'll catch one at the beginning of day heading back to the area because um, this whole game is very dynamic in the sense that if you've like looted something in the map, um, then it's looted for. You can't loot that again. There's uh, rare cases. like, I mean, there's all the gas cans canisters that you can find around the map in order to refuel your bike have first of all infinite fuel um at least from what i've seen i've never had to like throw away a canister because it ran out of fuel so maybe there's a limit but i doubt it because i mean i've used a lot from one canister before um like an unrealistic amount <laughs> but they will always respawn in the same place um but a lot of time uh just like looting from cars uh, looting buildings and whatnot, the items that you loot from there will stay looted and you won't actually be able to go back and get that. Um, but there are some areas where those items will actually respawn. Um, but anyway, to get back to the infestations and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so don't don't go inside the caves during the day because there are hordes in there unless you have killed the horde. Um, and you do not want to be trapped in a cave with them because... They obviously know it way more than you. They can climb the cave, and they will they will reach you before you can get out unless you have a crap ton of stamina by like farther into the game. Um, but yeah, you do not want to go against a horde unless you are prepared and know exactly what you're doing. Like you have to analyze a, the horde for maybe like three minutes, five minutes, maybe more than that, depending on what type of gamer you are. Um, and then you have to have a perfect execution strategy, but always make sure that you have an evacuation strategy because it will never go how you plan. Trust me. Um, and if it does, then please tell me because I mean, there's no way <laughs> I've died from hordes a lot because I get too cocky or I don't have an escape plan because I think my plan is flawless and then something goes awry or there's just so many of them that you can't hold them back it's hordes are really dangerous so stay away from them unless you're prepared if you're on your motorcycle it's easy to outrun them or go past them you shouldn't have to worry about it then because none of them like throw stuff at you but but don't don't approach it on foot because they will they will run and tear you to pieces so anyway uh so the infestation zones, to get a little bit more specific than just there's a bunch of like small nests in the area, which you literally just clear out by burning them with like a Molotov or something like that. Um, but you actually can't fast travel through these areas, which I actually find to be very smart, um, but also kind of not make sense at the same time. 
You know what I mean? Because, I mean, you can obviously drive to the location perfectly fine by going through these, um, like, infestation areas. Because, I mean, it's not like they come out, come at, come out at you or you're not able to get past them before they're able to attack you if it's night. Um, but, I mean... I can I can understand where what their thought process was on that. So you do have to clear them in order to fast travel. If but that's only if your route goes through the infected zone. So if your route goes a, around the infected zone, and you'll know because if you select something on the mini map, it'll show you the trail that you follow in order to do that. Um, and if it goes through a uh, infected zone, infestation zone, whatever you want to call it, the trail will actually turn red, and you'll be able to locate the exact spot. Um, and whatnot. Uh, and you obviously have to clear all nests in order to clear the infestation zone. So even if the nest, if the last nest is really far away from the road, you are still not going to be able to fast travel, um, which kind of sucks, but that's just how it is. Um, and I do kind of wish that they could reappear uh, in either the same location or maybe in new locations, like maybe every week or something like that. I think that would actually be really cool. Um, so maybe you'll have them like slowly like rebuild new ones or something like that. And if you don't clear them out fast enough, uh, they'll grow to be like have six nests in them, which is, I'd say the average is about four each infestation zone, four nests. Um, but yeah. So besides all that, freakers in general are just very dynamic, both with like all of the different uh, types of them that there are because you will discover new types and this thing it goes across all mammals so i mean there's animals like wolves and bears that will also get infected in the game uh which is not fun um and you will obviously learn of new ones that have different abilities and whatnot and have different health uh maybe lower health even um, and that can do different things to you that will hurt you <laughs> very bad. Um, uh, but yeah, so the, they're so, they're, they're really, I feel like in a lot of zombie games, they actually mess up the zombie part a lot, which is bad. Um, and some games are so focused on the zombies and they make them really dynamic and stuff, but then all of the rest of the gameplay is really bad. And this game has found the perfect balance where the freakers are really dynamic in this game and so is everything else the campaign is still good i honestly can't imagine how much um work they've put into this because there's no way that this could have been um like only a two-year project or something like that because i'm still in the campaign and i've played every single day since the game came out and i i still haven't finished the campaign yet i'm pretty sure i'm only three quarters of the way through and that to me is insane because i mean I've played so much of it. I've played so many hours of it. Uh, it's like the only game I've been playing and I'm still not finished. Um, and that's like, I haven't even finished all the side, like any of the side quests or anything. Well, I've finished some obviously, but I haven't finished like all of them in any of the regions or anything like that. So it's not like I was going out of my way. Pretty much every time there's a campaign mission, I would do it. But it's, yeah, th this game is, it's so, it's really dynamic in general. But anyway... Uh, your character also does have a mini-map, um, and this has an enemy radar on it, so you are able to see when there are people around you um, pretty easily. It also has one of those uh, far and close sensors on it, where essentially there will be three rings, where there will be the, the first ring, which is farther away from you um, and more broad, 
um, and you're kind of able to see the general direction of where someone is that is somewhat close to you. And then you have another one that's a bit closer to your character on the mini-map, um, and it has a smaller radius. Uh, it means that they're even closer than the outer ring. And then, the, and then sometimes there is a circle that kind of surrounds you, and if that's ever red, that basically means they're standing right next to you. So, <laughs> so there's that. Um, but yeah, and then there's also a little meter where it shows sound and visual detection uh, next to the map. And then when you're riding your bike, it actually shows a gas and, uh, like, I guess, repair. Um, I don't know. There's just two tools that are crossing. That basically means how much damage your bike has taken. Uh, and then there's also, like, a fuel canister that shows you how much fuel you've used. Um, and then once you get nitrous on your bike, it'll also have a meter for how much nitrous you've used. Same thing with a bag that you get on your bike for ammunition. It'll show you how full that is. It's yeah. So the mini map is very helpful in this game. Um, and if you don't learn to use it, I'm afraid that you will not do well. Uh, so and maybe you will. It's just that I feel like it's a lot easier to to handle this game if you are able to look at the mini map correctly at the at the right times. Um, or even just make sure you're paying attention to how much fuel you have or um, how easily you're sighted, you're able to be seen or how loud you are if you're doing stealth or something like that. Um, in this game, I will suggest doing stealth a lot more because a lot of the time there are a lot of enemies. Um, and ammo isn't exactly easy to come across, uh, especially after you've looted an area uh, and you've looted like all the police cars that have ammo in the back of them and whatnot you'll start to run out. Um, but anyway, so now moving on from combat to survival. So this is kind of just like anything but combat. So like there's um, there's camps in the game, as I've mentioned a couple of times now, and you actually do have to gain trust and money from them. And you can do this by donating bounties and food, um, or you could do projects for the camps, which can be either story missions or side missions. Um, and yeah so and essentially what the bounties are because the food is just like the plants that you can find or meat that you get from animals but the bounties are essentially the ears that you can collect from the different types of freakers and obviously the more and more dangerous they are the more and more money they're worth i have no idea what they what they actually use them for because all i ever see them do is taking the ears and throwing them in a barrel so I have no idea what they actually use them for, but, I mean, it's a source of money in the game. Uh, so, I mean, why not? And trust can actually unlock different things because you have a weapons vendor and then you also have a mechanic. Um, and a lot of the time you're able to upgrade your bike or get new weapons, but you can only do this by uh, gaining more trust. And the more trust that you get throughout the game, the more items you're able to buy from the vendors. Uh, and I actually find that to be a very smart system so you don't just like arrive at a new camp and you buy something that's like super expensive, especially if they don't really know you yet or anything like that. And you could just obviously just shoot up the place or something like that from a gun you just bought, which, um, yeah, that's, yeah, it just makes sense to me for the whole trust system. And then also the money system makes sense. Uh, one thing that kind of annoys me, uh, but it obviously, once again, it makes sense that money is based off of per camp. So each camp that you go to, you'll have a different set amount of money for because each of them have their own credits. Um, so, yeah. 
There's also scavenging and crafting, like I mentioned earlier. Um, and so essentially the scavenging is just finding plants and whatnot, or even like scraps around the area or kerosene, um, or rags to make molotovs and whatnot. And there's on the go crafting, which means essentially that you can press a wheel that will open up and then you can quick craft stuff. Your game will go in slow motion, everything like that. Um, so a lot of this is like making med kits or cocktails or, cause you can't make ammunition in this game, um, by fast crafting at least, um, except for maybe crossbow bolts. Um, but yeah. So, and then there's also, you, you'll obviously have to scavenge for fuel and scrap, uh, and then ammo, which are three of probably the most useful things that you need to scavenge for, considering you need fuel for the bike, scrap for, uh, your bike as well, and then also ammo for your weapons. Because I, I'd highly recommend using melee whenever you can, because what ammo does sometimes get scarce, um, and then you'll all of a sudden realize that you need it when you don't have it. Uh, and that's another reason why, why I really like this game is just once again that dynamic factor, uh, where you actually are surviving an apocalypse. So everything's proportioned out in the game really well, um, and. I really like how if you were to essentially kill a horde of freakers or something like that, you'd still see the mass grave of bodies that you have created by killing off this horde because it doesn't go away. Um, there are cases where they'll clip into other geometry in the game as well, and that's the only time they'll despawn. Um, but besides that, you're really able just to see your ruin um, unless there's like a new render of like campaign or something like that. So... I think that's also really well done. The game stays how it is. It doesn't it doesn't replenish like most games do. Um, plants obviously do because they grow back, but that's really it. But yeah, it's just I don't know. The game the game is really well made. <laughs> and um and there's there's also sleeping at safe locations. So this goes for camps, um, and also narrow sites, which I'll talk about in a second as well. Um, and essentially you're able to sleep to either day, uh, or night. Um, and so day usually has more like humans and renegades, um, that roam the area, whereas night has more freakers usually. Um, and obviously there's both either way, uh, just less or more of them depending on what time, um, and one thing that I also find really cool is that Boozer, which is basically your best friend in this uh, in this world, um, it actually will make you items when he feels like it, and then you're able to go and replenish your items. And that includes ammo, so that's one way to get ammo. Um, but this is really only at the beginning of the game, so, you know, take it while it lasts. <laughs> um, and then there's also ambush camps in the game. And essentially, if you take over an ambush camp, it makes it less likely for you to be ambushed in the area. And essentially, ambushes can be two ways that I've noticed so far, at least, is I'm pretty far into the campaign, so I bet these are the only ways. Um, but there's either a sniper that will shoot you off your bike, or there's a clothesline that they'll spread out across the roads so when you're riding your bike, you get hit off by the clothesline. Um, both times you get disoriented and then there's an ambush that happens where a bunch of people with like uh, just different melee weapons and stuff come running at you and even sometimes guns 
Um, the sniper one's obviously worse because you've still got the sniper shooting at you while these other people are attacking you. Um, but you are able to see both of them before you approach, but sometimes they're unavoidable because um, obviously the sniper can hit you from really far, and then the clothesline is pretty hard to see. I've tried to avoid it before, and it's still... It, it still can get you <laughs> it's because the people are still located in the area so sometimes you'll avoid it but then the people will still try to attack you um so sometimes you're still able to get away it's just with a few scars um or you just have to actually kill all of them uh but either way um and also i don't know if i mentioned this specifically but you can sleep from day to night or night to day so it doesn't have to just be, like, night to day like it is in some games. I've actually noticed in a lot of games recently that's been the way it is, where it's either um, you can you can either sleep in the day and make it night, or you can either sleep in the night and make it day. And I really I like that a lot. And it's, it's helpful, especially because if you need to go inside of one of those caves, which, trust me, you will have to go inside of one of those caves, you will prefer it to be night because then the horde won't be in the cave. Um, so there's different strategies like that where it's even not necessarily combat strategy, but it's actually just like initial survival instinct strategies. So yeah. Um, and once again, I want to reiterate items are realistically proportioned throughout the entire world. The world does not reset. There are a couple of things that will reset, but those are like the most needed things. Um, but besides that, everything's really well proportioned in this game, and it's it's actually pretty realistic about in that way. Um, I bet you it's a lot harder for the game to render, but <laughs> that's actually might be easier for the game to render. I don't know. I'm obviously not a professional at game design, but anyway. So the last thing I want to talk about is Narrow. So I mentioned earlier that Narrow was the National Emergency Response Organization. Um, and uh, you actually will be able to find sites uh, from around the um, world from when they've tried to protect uh, people and whatnot. You'll be able to find either checkpoints or research sites, which will sometimes be located inside of those caves that I mentioned, um, in hard-to-reach spots where a chopper might have crashed, uh, or even uh, the checkpoints like I mentioned. Um, and those are the ones that actually have the megaphones that I mentioned earlier. Um, but inside of these, you can always find a micro recorder, which has a recording inside of it, uh, obviously, since it's a micro recorder. Um, and one cool note is that on the PlayStation 4, I'm pretty sure it's the only platform it's available on. But if you're not wearing a headset, the recording actually comes from the controller, which is really cool. And uh, it, it's, it startled me the first time, not going to lie, um, because suddenly my hands were speaking. So, but there's also this thing called a narrow injector that you can find, um, which I've also found to be an amazing thing in this game. Um, and you, you really need to get this as you go on because obviously you'll be facing more tough, uh, more tough enemies uh, or more enemies in general even. Um, but essentially these narrow injectors, you can either choose to gain more health, stamina, or focus. Um, and whichever one you choose, you'll get a 25% increase on that um, it maxes out somewhere. I don't know where it is because I only found about it, found out about it yesterday and I forgot to look it up. Um, but it does max out at a point where, um, it's just, you're not, once you get a new narrow injector, because I, I maxed out health first. So then the next time I got a, ne a narrow injector, I had to use it either for stamina or for focus. 
Uh, so to kind of make an overall summary of this game, uh, one, I, I've been saying this the entire it's it's amazing. It's blown my mind. It's done so many things that I've never seen a game do that I've always wanted games to do. Like the like the realistic uh, proportions, the 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 bodies that are still there. Um, obviously they they'll clean it up if like if there's a campaign if there's two campaign missions that happen in the same spot or maybe a side mission and campaign mission that happen in the same spot they'll clean them up um, and like re-render everything um, but they will not re-render supplies unless it's in specific areas um, or a specific item like gas canisters and so the whole world is so dynamic like that um, and so, I mean, it's just dynamic. It's more realistic than a lot of games. And it actually makes you feel like you're in the apocalypse. Like items are running short. Like you need to, you need to go out farther than you had to the previous time in order to find more items. Cause that's how the apocalypse works in real life. Um, obviously this is two and a half years after the original event happened. So it still doesn't make sense why everything around you is at first not looted. Um, but that's also plot armor for one and two um it wouldn't be as fun if everything was already looted considering that it was two and a half years i'm pretty sure everything would be looting looted between the camps and your character so anyway so like i said at the beginning the beginning of the story is rough um at least in my opinion it is some people might like it i think it's smart that they have you just do chores at first because it kind of shows you the daily life before the the game picks up and it gets way better after about one to two hours is what it was for me um, of gameplay. Uh, and it becomes very deep and emotional throughout the campaign. Like there's so many things that it's like, it doesn't, it impacts you more than you feel like it should. I guess um, you become really connected to these characters. At least I have. Um, and so when an event happens to either a friend or a loved one in the game, to your character, obviously, but you do you do end up loving all of them. It's it does hit you where it hurts a lot, um, and you I feel like you really feel the emotions that the developers wanted Deacon to feel, your character to feel, um, and I feel like they expressed that really well, um, and I feel like they've actually made that connection really well, whereas a lot of games do not. Um, obviously games still are enjoyable to me even when they're not like that but it's it's above and beyond when they're able to do that for me um that could either just be because the story really impacts me um or maybe that's actually how the game is uh i don't really know anybody else who's played this game so um so maybe maybe i'll find out from other people maybe i won't um but that's at least my story with it uh and one thing with that as well is that you don't forget you're in the apocalypse Obviously, you don't forget with any game, but I mean, there's some games where things become so, like, natural to you that, like, you kind of just, like, oh, there's this again, or I feel like that's how The Division is for me. For The Division, I don't really feel like I'm in the apocalypse. I feel like there's just enemies always attacking me. That's it. <laughs> like, it sounds weird, but that's that's kind of how it is. I feel like I don't realize as much in other games that this was an, this was an apocalypse that just happened. Like, this is post-apocalyptic world, or even... In this scenario, this is this is actually probably technically part of the apocalypse. This is probably during the apocalypse. It's in my opinion, that's really hard to do uh, for most games. At least they always manage to f it up in some way. Um, this this one did it great. So, you know, kudos to you. <laughs>
Um, but one thing that I really like about this as well is that fights are well balanced um, and require more than just ammo. Um, which once again, going back to the division, all the fights were in that game were just as long as you had ammo, light them up, you're good. It was a tactical shooter, so you did need some strategy, um, but you didn't need anything besides like your ammo and just being able to aim correctly and move when you need to. But whereas this, you need to use a variety of throwables, placeables, um, your boot knife, your big melee weapon, your actual ammunition, your smart tactics, um, what you know about the environment, everything. It just all ties into one fight. Um, and even the weapon mechanics in this game are really well done because uh, you can upgrade how accurate you are. You can upgrade um, how much recoil you can, you're able, your character is able to control. Um, that type of thing. So weapons actually get a lot easier to use as well. It does require more than just ammo because you will run out of ammo quickly um, unless you're just like, you somehow... Yeah, I don't know how you're able to conserve ammo if you if that's all you use to kill anything that you find. So especially when it comes down to a horde, even if you max out your ammo, even if you get the one skill in the game that allows you to have more ammo on you than usual... And then also have like all extended mags. You're you're not going to be able to take down an entire horde just using your guns. So, you know, watch out for that. Um, a lot of this is trial and error. A lot of the time, you're able to escape before the error kills you. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. Anyway, my overall rating of this game is a 9 out of 10. The only reason I give it a 9 out of 10 is that it almost lost my interest at the beginning. Um, and I'm afraid that that could actually happen to a lot of people. Um, and I feel like they could have handled that a lot better. I understand why they did it. Like, I understand why they started off the story that way. It might, maybe everyone else in the universe finds it more appealing than I do. But to me, that's the only reason it's 9 out of 10. It's just the beginning was really rough for me. I almost stopped playing it. Um, I actually, uh, after I was about maybe an hour and a half into the game, I actually stopped playing it for pretty much the rest of the night. I played it for another um, probably about hour or so, um, and that's when I was like, eh, this game's all right. And then I came back the next day, and I continued playing it. Um, I played the next mission. I was like, all right, all right, I'm in. <laughs> this this game's good. And I kept going, and I kept finding things were, were great in the game. Um and yeah, I want to, no matter how bad the game is, I do want to keep playing it just to review it um, for you, for your guys' sake and also my sake, if maybe another game is like that. Um, let's just say Fallout 76 was not like that, uh, or not like this. Um, but yeah, I honest to God, if the beginning was better, this would be a 10 out of 10 game for me. Um, so yeah, uh, besides all that, um, make sure you check out our different social media. This goes for Discord, Twitter, uh, and Instagram. Make sure you check out our website. Uh, then make sure you also check out DJ Augie, which actually did the music for this podcast um, and many of our other podcasts. Uh, and also, I ha I'll have my email in the description if you guys want to ask me any questions, maybe about Days Gone, or maybe you guys even have another idea of something that I should review. Um, but besides all that, game on. <laughs>